Good morning. I'm going to call the meeting to order and welcome members of the public. We welcome you to our public hearing and closed session meeting today of the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. Today is Tuesday, December 12, 2023, also the feast day of the Virgen de Guadalupe. We take note that a full complement of the board is present, the chief executive officer, county council, executive officer, and the sergeant at arms are all here to assist. We will begin today's board meeting with the county's land acknowledgement. The County of Los Angeles recognizes that we occupy land originally and still inhabited and cared for by the Tongva, Tataviam, Serrano, Quiche, and Chumash peoples. We honor and pay respect to their elders and descendants, past, present, and emerging, as they continue their stewardship of these lands and waters. We acknowledge that settler colonization resulted in land seizure, disease, subjugation, slavery, relocation, broken promises, genocide, and multi-generational trauma. This acknowledgement demonstrates our responsibility and commitment to truth, healing, and reconciliation, and to elevating the stories, culture, and community of the original inhabitants of Los Angeles County. We are grateful to have the opportunity to live and work on these ancestral lands. We are dedicated to growing and sustaining relationships with native peoples and local tribal governments, including, in no particular order, the Fernandino Tataviam Band of Mission Indians, Gabrielino Tongva Indians of California Tribal Council, Gabrielino Tongva San Gabriel Band of Mission Indians, Gabrielino Band of Mission Indians, Quiche Nation, San Manuel Band of Mission Indians, San Fernando Band of Mission Indians. To learn more about the First Peoples of Los Angeles County, please visit our website. Executive Officer, please call the agenda. Thank you, Madam Chair. We will begin on page two public hearing, items one through five. On item two, the Director of Public Health requests that this item be continued to January 30th, 2024. On item four, the Director of Economic Opportunity requests that this item be continued to January 30th, 2024. The remaining items will be held for hearing. On page six, notice of closed session. That completes the reading of the agenda, Madam Chair. The request for continuances are before you. Moved by Supervisor Hahn, seconded by Supervisor Solis to approve these items, and that will be the order. Executive Officer, please play the Code of Conduct. Ladies and gentlemen, may I please have your attention. The meeting of the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors is about to commence. A Code of Conduct will now be read, and we request that you comply with it to ensure the efficient administration of the meeting. Members of the public, it is your right to participate in today's board hearing, and the board encourages such participation. However, the right of the public to address the board must be balanced with the need to ensure that public comment does not interfere with the orderly course of the board's business. All are reminded to abide by the following rules. Speakers must cease speaking immediately when their time has ended. Public comment on agenda items must relate to the subject matter of that item. 
general public comment is limited to subjects within the jurisdiction of the board. Public comment does not include the right to engage in a dialogue with board members or staff. Please remain respectful of the forum and refrain from uttering, writing, or displaying profane, personal, threatening, derogatory, demeaning, or other abusive statements toward the board, any member thereof, staff, or any other person. Members of the audience should be respectful of the views expressed by speakers, staff, and board members, and may not clap, cheer, whistle, or otherwise disrupt the orderly conduct of the meeting. Any person engaging in conduct that disrupts the meeting is subject to being removed from the board meeting. And finally, if you witness conduct or behavior by other members of the public that disrupts your ability to remain engaged or participate in this meeting, please notify the Sergeant-at-Arms or other county staff. Thank you for your cooperation. Before we begin with our public hearing items, Executive Officer, please read the call-in information that was also provided on our agenda and explain our speaking rules for today. For members of the public wishing to participate remotely, as indicated on the agenda, please call 877-692-8955 and use participant code number 4433663. Members of the public participating remotely and in the boardroom, you will have the opportunity to address the board throughout the meeting. You will receive up to one minute to address the board on each public hearing item, and you will receive one minute to comment on closed session item, and one additional minute for general public comment for a total of two minutes. Please note, once your time has expired, we will move to the next speaker. For members of the public joining us remotely, when the board moves to the item you wish to address, promptly press one then zero to be entered into the speaking queue. Remember to turn down the volume on your device as soon as the moderator calls on you or there will be an echo. You will need to press one then zero for each item on which you would like to speak. To ensure we hear from both in-person and telephonic speakers, we will alternate between the two speaking queues. Members of the public who are in attendance, when you hear or see your name displayed on the screen, please come down to the front of the boardroom and staff will assist you. Please do not approach the podium until directed to do so. We will begin by calling in-person speakers, and while they are coming forward, we will take telephonic speakers. Thank you very much. Executive Officer, please swear in the members of the public who are requesting to address the board today on public hearing items. Please stand and raise your right hand. In the testimony before you may be give before this board, you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you very much. We'll begin with item one. For members of the public on the telephone, please press one, then zero now to comment on this item. Executive officer, please read in the short title. Item one is a hearing on the annexation of petition number 5-323, located in the unincorporated area of Ramona, to County Lighting Maintenance District 1687 and County Lighting District Landscaping and Light Lighting Act 1, unincorporated zone. A written departmental statement was submitted and no correspondence was received. Are there any supervisors who would like to make remarks on this item? I don't see any. Uh, so, executive officer, please call members of the public who have signed up to speak on this item. 
Madam Chair, there are no members of the public who had signed up for this item. Moderator, will we have the first speaker, please? Our first participant is Eric Previn. One moment, please. Appears, oh, he's put himself back in the queue. One moment. Hello. <clears throat> can you hear me? Yes, we Go can. Go ahead, hear Mr. You. Previn. You may be in. Okay, thank you. Um, it's Eric Previn from Studio City. So this is for Ramona, though. And I know about county lighting districts. And I, well, I guess my question the first line of this is my name is Mark Bestrea. I am the director of the Los Angeles County Public Works. That's great. That is so good to know. You're also the head of the county flood district, which runs right through Studio City. And, you know, Supervisor Horvath is the new chair, and she's been, you know, talking up the transparency and the openness. Why have they not responded to my request about not extending a lease to a private operator of an elite private school right next door? This These item is about the lighting districts in the unincorporated area yeah, of Ramona, which is in District 1. So if you could focus your comments on that item, that would be incredibly okay. helpful. Thank you. <clears throat> Sure, it's really about public hearings, which I know is fair to say because this is a hearing that affects the CD1 residents and none of them submitted comments because there's no transparency and you change the rules to make it even harder for people to participate. I know the idea is to make it easier for people to participate, but I don't remember any hearings with the public about how can we make our meetings more thank productive and more appropriate. Thank you, your and time has been so expired. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Next speaker, please. There are no other speakers in the queue. Madam Chair, there are no other remote speakers in the queue to address the board. Thank you very much. It would be appropriate to close the public hearing, direct the tabulation of the ballots, and table the item until later in the meeting for the tabulation results um, and further action by the board. So that will be the order. And we will now move on to item three. For members of the public on the telephone, please press one then zero now to comment on this item. Executive officer, please read in the short title. Item three is a hearing on project number 20180002 to amend the Los Angeles County General Plan to incorporate the East Los Angeles, East Rancho Dominguez, Florence Firestone, and Willowbrook West Rancho Dominguez Community Pedestrian Plans and other minor technical revisions into step-by-step -step Los Angeles County pedestrian plans for unincorporated communities, a sub-element of the mobility element of the general plan. No departmental statement was submitted and correspondence was received. Thank you very much. Um, now turning to my colleagues, uh, Supervisor Solis, we'll go to you first. Thank you very much and thank you to uh, the Department of Public Worth Works, but I also wanna thank uh, Public Health Place Program for participating and also uh, Alta Planning and also Public Matters who led, uh, I think, some very good community-driven uh, meetings that were held throughout our communities of East Los Angeles, which is very large. I wanna thank you because I know that um, we're very anxious to see improvements made in the unincorporated areas, especially in areas that have been deprived in previous decades. And um, I'm really happy that uh, DPW and, and our partners have stepped up in a different way to make sure that we're really listening and hearing to what our community has to say and taking that into, taking that into uh, stride so that we can put 
positive uh, actions and services forward that really reflect the needs of the community. So I know that um, each community pedestrian plan is part of a step-by-step -step project led by the county and a series uh, that offers a list of capital programs and policies developed to improve the quality and safety of facilities for walking and rolling in our unincorporated communities. And while East LA is densely populated, we still have potential to open up those uh, paths for people to exercise, to gather, to recreate. And I've seen the transformation in the last nine years that I've been serving on this board, and I know that it's possible, and I'm very happy with what I'm seeing rolled out. Among the 120 unincorporated areas across LA County, East Los Angeles, as you know, is one of the most densely populated. This creates, in my opinion, a consistent demand for critical infrastructure improvements, like pedestrian facilities. To develop the East LA Pedestrian Plan, a diverse community advisory committee was brought together, and that was for the first time. So for us in the community, it's historical. And they got to share their lived experience and uh, also talk about the current existing conditions that they've had to face and live with for many, many years. And I know some of our community advisory committee members are joining us today. They may be in the audience. Maybe they can wave or shake your hands if you're here <laughs> representing East Los Angeles. So you're welcome. We're so happy to see you here um, because it is about engaging our community. And I'm very thankful that uh, this process has worked the way it has. I want to congratulate some of the groups that helped to uplift this conversation. Uh, Alma Family Services are one of our leading CBOs. Boyle Heights East Los Angeles Coalition, the East LA Business Roundtable, the East LA Women's Center, and the Eastmont Community Center, East Yards Community for Environmental Justice, Vision, City Terrace, among many, many more people. Thank you all. Through this co-creation of the plan for East LA, various community voices have been reaffirmed and our infrastructure investment policies for this community are going to be including the following. Traffic calming measures to discourage speeding and dangerous driving. More shade to make walking and uh, taking transit more comfortable for our seniors and our children. Smoother and roomier sidewalks to support a diversity of uses and street improvements designed for people of ages and abilities in mind. From major road rec reconstructions to reconfigurations, this will improve overall safety, and we have several capital projects underway to deliver on those needs, and several more in the design phase that will break ground very soon, I believe, in the next term. So I look forward to hearing from our community leaders, but again, want to thank the team and all those that made this possible. So for, for my opinion, congratulations. Let's use this as a template to move on and do more good work. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Supervisor Hahn. I think uh, Supervisor Barger was before me. No, go ahead. You go. I'll be short. Sorry. Um, first of all, thank you. Um, there's no question. I know that Vision Zero is a priority, and you're working with public health on that. One of the questions that I have is, because we're talking about traffic calming, streetscape projects, crossing improvement projects, but I'm told that it's largely unfunded as it moves forward and that we're going to have to apply for grants or use the district, supervisorial district transportation improvement program funds, correct? Um, so how do you, I mean, how, who's going to be the lead on applying for grants and how are we going to prioritize? Because I know Lake Los Angeles is rural um, and comes with, that comes with some complications as it relates to how do you, um, how do you move these projects forward in such a uh, 
geographically really isolated area. Um, so I'm just curious to know what the game plan is on that. Yeah, so Supervisor Steve Berger, uh, Deputy Director of Transportation at Public Works. And um, yes, we, you know, like anything else, the amount of work, the amount of good things we want to do, there's never enough money for it. So, um, you know, there are funding sources we're looking at, uh, you know, from many different places, uh, grants, we're aggressively going after the grants. Um, and one of the beautiful things is a plan like this, and of course the earlier plan that included Lake Los Angeles gives us the tools we need. We've embedded Vision Zero into the plan, so we've got almost like a double-edged um, advantage with the grants and the, and the money we seek. And then of course, um, when we do our road reconstruction projects, we utilize all the funds we can from that, and we have um, what's called RMRI funding. That allows us some money that we can use for safety. So we're looking everywhere to find that money aggressively, and um, Public Works is proud to be um, you know, proud to be behind the effort in collaboration with our partners uh, to get those grants. We're, we're, we're really, if, if we see a grant, we apply for it. And we use all the tools, including plans like this, to make them very competitive. So when we do road improvement using the road funds, which I know have gone down, yeah. um, do we, even if it's not included in what we're going to be voting on today, do we incorporate some of what lessons learned through um, through these plans to incorporate into other areas? We do. When we're doing road reconstruction jobs, we always look at both the Vision Zero-informed uh, improvements we, th we think about, and as well as plans like this. And that's the time at which we say, can we implement this? Can we put this in? And you know, we, we use the funding we have if we need extra funding for that. But that's the perfect time to do it, is when you're rebuilding a road, you're already doing the work, you're re reconfiguring parts of the road, and that's where we make it happen. And then my last question is, I know that in my district we use town councils, which are elected advisory um, bodies. If the town council moves forward, for example, Altadena or La Crescenta, um, can they participate in, and incorporate some of these modifications into what they're doing? In Altadena in particular, we're putting a lot into traffic mitigation right now. Absolutely. We have had a very good relationship with the Altadena Town Council, the Traffic Safety Committee. And yeah, anytime we're doing work, we're going to interact with them. We're going to find out what the community needs, what the community wants, look around the schools there, and implement things. Absolutely. Thank you, and really great work. Thank you. Supervisor Hahn. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Uh, I'm very happy to support this item today uh, that will add four new and very deserving communities to our general plan to enhance uh, pedestrian safety. It was great listening to you, Supervisor Solis, and just kind of name all the uh, community uh, stakeholders who have had input into this. Um, just for uh, just some historical perspective, this board approved the step-by-step -step Los Angeles County pedestrian plan for unincorporated communities in 2019. And my communities of Walnut Park and West Whittier, Los Nietos, were included in that first round. And since then, we've had a number of road and pedestrian improvement projects there. Currently in construction, we have the Los Nietos Safe Routes to School project, which is so key to that neighborhood. And it's improving pedestrian access around uh, the schools to ensure that our students and families are safe uh, as they go to and from school every day. And we also just kicked off construction in Walnut Park, uh, where we will construct seven miles of residential roads and include pedestrian safety improvements. We just opened the uh, Walnut Park, Nogales Park on Saturday, which was started uh, by Supervisor Solis when she represented that area. And we 
carried the torch and took it across the finish line, but Mark Pastrella also announced at that uh, park opening uh, about the, the roads and the pedestrian improvements, and I think they were very pleased with that. Um, one of the uh, questions I want to ask, and I, I know my Commissioner on Disabilities, Carlos Benavides, is here this morning. I think he's going to speak. How did, how are we um, working with and engaging our Department of Aging and Disabilities, uh, and particularly our Commission on Disabilities, as we talk about uh, pedestrian um, safety and the plan? I know Carlos uh, always brings it to my attention when we have overlooked um, those, particularly those who uh, um, use wheelchairs to get around. And he's actually pointed out some things that Public Works has done which were not uh, as easy uh, for him to navigate as maybe we thought. So how do we engage um, our, for our seniors and particularly those with disabilities as we develop these plans? Uh, so, Supervisor, the answer is I'm absolutely going to engage uh, with that person. And uh, just to let you know, um, when we do do road reconstruction projects, one of our primary missions is to uh, revisit and improve the, uh, the uh, infrastructure for accessibility, including the ramps at all corners. So, but yes, input from a, you know, a stakeholder like that, we're absolutely going to reach out and make sure um, we know what good looks like and incorporate that. I think that's particularly um, important when we talk about, you know, the pedestrian plan, because I do think um, that's a population that sometimes gets overlooked. Um, and if we talk about uh, equity, um, it, it's our population um, with uh, disabilities that I think many times has gotten left behind. And, and it's very simple to, like I said, you, you talk to Carlos, he will let you know exactly, because he navigates, uh, as do a, a lot of, um, you know, uh, his friends and, and those on that commission, they navigate this all the time, and they are quick to point out where we might have overlooked it, we didn't think about it, uh, or we just didn't do as good as we probably should have. You look I, like, does he want to say something? Hi, good morning. Justin Robertson, senior planner with the, the Department of Public Health. Um, I also wanted to point out that um, Commissioner Benavides and his commission were a really important part of this process. We presented to them what we were working on early in the process Good. to get their feedback. Good. Good. Commissioners from that group and others within that community were part of the community advisory committees. Good. And then we went back at the end of the project to make sure that we got it right. We didn't Good. miss anything. We did that in the 2019 plan as well. Good. Uh, that's the answer I wanted to hear. Thank you. And I'm going to reach out to the commissioner probably this afternoon. Yeah, you better, because if you don't reach out to him, he's going to reach out to you. <laughs> Thank you, and I am also happy to support uh, the approval of these four community pedestrian plans, and I want to thank our departments of public health, regional planning, public works, everyone who had input over these many years to uh, develop these plans, particularly the extensive community outreach that they led with um, consultants as well. Uh, pedestrian improvements are incredibly important for creating safe and walkable communities, and we know if, the, if residents 
residents don't have access to adequate sidewalks, crosswalks, lighting, and other safety features, they don't feel safe walking in communities. Um, conversely, if residents are provided with sidewalks that feel safe, crosswalks that are noticeable, adequate lighting, enhanced aesthetics, they will be much more likely to walk in their neighborhoods for relaxation, exercise, uh, to walk to a local business. All of these features are incredibly important uh, to a good quality of life in, in our communities. Uh, these improvements are also critical for our young people who may be walking to and from school on a daily basis and just as important uh, to our young people um, as uh, Supervisor Han highlighted, our older adults in many cases need these improvements to simply be able to walk in their neighborhoods without fear of falling or being injured and accommodating um, the needs that they have as they age. I'm proud we've developed pedestrian plans in eight of our unincorporated communities and I hope we can continue to prepare plans uh, in other communities, so that's where I wanted to start. Um, are there plans to continue to work uh, with communities beyond uh, who is on our agenda today? Uh, I know that our Santa Monica Mountain communities uh, would be very excited for these improvements as well. So what are your plans to include more parts of Los Angeles County in these efforts? So these planning efforts are largely uh, funded through grants. Mm -hmm. um, so far, the State Active Transportation Program has funded these first two rounds of plans. We have another SCAG-funded uh, pedestrian plan for Linux starting this next year and for five additional unincorporated communities funded through the state. Um, we prioritize these communities based on a number of factors like traffic safety, but also um, equity as a consideration and what the funders want to fund as well. So it's both an art and a science of where we go next, but our mandate through the general plan is to prepare community pedestrian plans for our unincorporated communities. So as was mentioned, there's 120 of them, we're still going. Great, we'll be excited to work with you, I know, especially in the mountain communities, in some of those canyon streets, pedestrian challenges are unique and um, certainly could use um, a different kind of assistance. So I'll be excited to work with you and, and developing those projects, making sure that you have the support that you need to be competitive, um, as you uh, highlighted earlier. And um, my other question, uh, when we have plans that are developed, it's very exciting. People are thrilled. They're uh, very engaged in the plan development process. And then what happens with the plan, uh, you know, implementation is key. So what will implementation look like, especially in partnership with our community so people know about the progress that you're making? Well, and I, I think uh, Supervisor Barger also touched on that point. It's very much, you know, very much the same. We, um, you know, we reach out to the communities. The community uh, conversations and communication and collaboration doesn't end here. It's, mm -hmm. it's the beginning point. And uh, we seek funding. We, we seek opportunities when we're doing our road improvements. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, to your uh, question on the Santa Monica Mountains, we, we, you know, we're working with those communities. It's, it's, this is one of the things we do through these plans, but we do a lot of other outreach and interaction with the community. Mm -hmm. um, so we, number one, understand what's going on there. Number two, know where we need to put that money. So, um, you know, really it is. It is just seeking money aggressively, using the tools, such as plans like this or our community meetings, our community input to, uh, to help us compete for that money. Great. Uh, Implementation in partnership with the community is essential, so I'm uh, very glad to hear your thinking about that along the way. Um, with that, Executive Officer, please call the members of the public who have signed up to speak on this item. Will the following individuals please come forward? Arnold Sachs, Belinda Martinez, Carlos Benavides, Carmen Baltazar, Gabriela Hernandez-Gonzalez, 
Genevieve Claverell, Mike Blockstein, and Rhea, Reina Macias. Please come forward and staff will assist you. As a final reminder for participants on the telephone, if you would like to address item three, if you have not already done so, please press one then zero now to be placed in the speaking queue. Moderator, we have the first remote speaker, please. Our first participant is Eric Previn. You may begin. Thank you. Uh, and <clears throat> I very much appreciate the efforts to create a pedestrian safe area. We, in our unincorporated area, since Supervisor Horvath was able to ask about the Santa Monica Mountains, certainly the public can bring that up as well. We had um, a situation where uh, people walk along a road that is a public roadway. So you, like you say, there's no sidewalk, so that's a problem. But it's not a problem, it's a community. We know we can't have sidewalks, so we're gonna be okay with that, but we do need to have a lot of safety measures. And one of the things that happened recently, this is upsetting, was there's a point where bicyclists go beyond a do not enter sign. Because they're bicyclists, they can get through, they're not a car, right off the PCH, so the alarms go up. And they come flying down a hill, okay, in a peloton, which is a term that means a big group of bicyclists, and the other day, without getting into it, a dog got hit. It was horrifying. And we just need to do a very good job of being Thank respectful you. to all of the community expired. working together. Moderator, Thank you. next speaker, please. Our next participant is Maria Rosales. You may begin. Hi, good morning. My name is Maria Rosales. Uh, I speak to you first as a resident of Willowbrook and also as a project lead from LA Walks. Um, I just want to support this motion uh, because it acknowledges uh, the importance of walkability in unincorporated areas where there is a high number of collisions, street racing, street, street takeovers that is not only causing premature deaths, but it's also affecting community wellness and health. Um, so I'm just calling in again just to support um, this item, and I hope that you consider uh, voting for it. Thank you. You next speaker, please. Our next participant is Ashley, last name not provided. You may begin. Hi, my name is Ashley. I am a constituent of Unincorporated Florence Firestone and a member of Grassroots or Conto Florence Firestone together. Um, I'm calling in favor of the Florence Firestone pedestrian plan with amendments, including extending operating hours and increasing service for the link bus, um, updating sidewalk curbs that are not in compliance with ADA standards, providing solar-powered flashing stoplights along parks, schools, and high schools and other collision corridors. Um, also being better at working with the surrounding cities when doing a lot of these projects um, in streets such as like Central that are shared between um, different jurisdictions. There's just not a lot of coordination when a lot of these projects get done. You can be walking an ADA-accessible uh, street on one side, but then the other, it's really difficult to navigate. Um, other suggestions are included in the letter that our org submitted to the board. Um, I would also like to echo some of what was talked about earlier. Um, I do urge the board to push the Department of Public Works Thank to begin the process expired. of applying for grants. Moderator, next speaker, please. Uh, Madam Chair, there are no other remote speakers in the queue to address the board. Thank you. We'll go to in person. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. Good morning. Arnold Sachs, I'd like to thank you for your uplifting discussion about this zero plan. I'd like to point out the California Environmental Quality Act that you list in your agenda item. We still have the dirtiest air in the country in L.A. County. 
It's L period, A period. It's really important to keep the periods in your mind. And the fact that you're using grants for 20 years, when I started coming to the meeting in 2008, the county budget was $18 billion. Now the county's budget is over $48 billion. That's $4 billion a month. And you're talking about planning? What have you done from 2008 to 2023 to create this disaster? You've cut down on public speaking time from three minutes per item on the agendas to less than one minute. You've cut down public appreciate, public, um, con, uh, public ability to, uh, to attend these meetings. There's few people here. There's no, there's no court. There's nothing. Thank you. You've Next disasterized speaker, please. this whole city. Next Haters. Speaker, please. Janet Hahn, hater. Go ahead. Good morning. <coughs> Mr. Sachs, that's your second warning. Go ahead. Thank you so much for that warning to him. Uh, I am in support of that project. I think it's needed, and uh, I am glad that you are doing it. Anyway, thank you for that. And I hope to be coming back more often again. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you here today. Next speaker, please. Good morning. My name is Gabriela Hernandez Gonzalez, and I'm coming on behalf of my family, who has been uh, who have been residents of the unincorporated East LA um, community. Uh, most recently, last year, my brother was actually hit by a vehicle, and he is a wheelchair user. Uh, this matter is very concerning to my family, also to myself, who is uh, I am a county employee at LA General, and I see uh, the many pedestrians and wheelchair users that are coming in and out of our emergency room that are hit by vehicles, and um, this is a very important matter to me because I see it affecting my, my brother, who is a wheelchair user, and myself, who, who I'm a bus rider, and I see that how, the importance of making sure that our uh, pedestrians and wheelchair users have a safe manner of transporting and getting around LA County. So please, I am in favor of this, and please support this. Thank you. Next speaker. Good morning, my name is Reina Diaz-Macias, and I'm a proud, lifelong resident of the City Terrace community in unincorporated East Los Angeles. I am also a community advisory member for Public Matters and a core member of Ision City Terrace. I am here to show support of the PED plan. The plan is a testament of our community's response to our dire safety concerns and needs. The plan includes genuine voices from all grassroots level. East LA deserves a built environment conducive to safety, to walking, to convening, all for better health outcomes. Our elders, our children, our community deserve positive changes for an increased quality of life. And I believe that this PED plan is a step in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Good morning, supervisors. Um, first, I want to commend all the work that you do. I'm impressed to be here. I'm so glad that I'm I'm actually seeing this happen. Over the years, it's taken a long time to get to this spot, okay? And with all these supervisors here, we're finally seeing something happen, but yet we're still leaving the disabled behind. Okay, you should bring us to the table first before you start building so that we can 
understand things because you build something, it's typical. They build it, then they invite us, and then they have to rebuild it, and it doesn't get fixed. So you save a lot of money, you lose a lot of money, you lose a lot of people that are getting hurt. I'm totally for this project. I do want to see it go, and I'd like to see it get bigger. Um, I recently lost a member that I peer mentored when he got hurt. He got hit by a car. He's in a wheelchair. He passed away. We just finished his services. And it was a, something that's really uncalled for. But that's neither here nor there. And, and I can say that, you know what, you guys are doing great. It doesn't matter what other people think, really, Thank to you. me, because I know what you do. But Thank you. Okay. Thank Ask you me. very much. We're glad you're here. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Hello, good morning. My name is Belinda Martinez. I am a community organizer and artist from City Terrace, California. I am here in support of the East LA pedestrian plan. I was born and raised in East LA. I have seen the various changes in our community and I believe our community deserves the same benefits that surrounding communities such as Monterey Park, Alhambra, South Pasadena, and such as have. Um, we are thriving in the arts. Our community, East Los Angeles, is the mecca of the arts and culture, and I believe we deserve everything that, you know, we get um, looked over for. Um, I support this plan, and I hope you do too. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Okay, good morning. I'm Mike Blockstein from Public Matters. As we've been doing engagement in East LA, we wanted to make sure we engaged the people who are most vulnerable, but not just people. So we're talking elders, youth, folks with disabilities, but also family members who can't speak human, but are the reason why many of us walk all the time. There are loved ones, there are pets. So we'd like to present to you our petition for politicians. And it says, we love walking, biking, and rolling on the streets of East Los Angeles. Safe streets, good sidewalks, shade and lighting proposed in the East LA pedestrian plan support healthy, healthy lifestyles for pets and people. We, the understrained species of East LA, endorse the East Los Angeles pedestrian plans call for safe streets for all ages, abilities, and animals. And we have well over 300 signatures of pets and humans. I'll have to make sure Winston uh, reviews that as well. Thank you very much for being here. Next speaker, please. Good morning, esteemed board members. My name is Kim Gomez. Uh, I am a member of the East LA Runners Club in East LA. I am a lifelong resident of Montebello and South Montebello. Um, I am here to implore your um, wisdom in proceeding this plan through, pushing it through the PEED plan is so very important in order to empower the community, uh, to make us feel safe while we are walking, and um, just to promote uh, health and wellness. Uh, it is Your work here is much appreciated, and um, we just hope it goes through. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much. Have a happy holiday. Thank you very much. Do we have any other speakers here? No other speakers, Madam Chair. Thank you. I will turn to my colleague, Supervisor Mitchell. Thank you very much. I appreciate you allowing me to go out of order. And I really wanted to just thank the staff for your months and months of work uh, on these three plans. Um, you know, it is never lost on me that low-income and black and brown neighborhoods face disproportionate levels of traffic violence. And 
The Vision Zero data shows that 50% of all fatal and severe injury collision occurs in about 4% of the county's maintained roadways. And of the top 20 Vision Zero collision corridors, 16 are in the second supervisorial district. I am clear that we've got a lot of work to do. I know that it took multiple generations of divestment to reach this level of disproportionate outcomes, and it's going to take intentional investment to right-size this. And so I um, will stand with you uh, um, alongside, leading when I need to for us to ultimately get there. So I'm glad and proud that we're starting this work in Florence Firestone and Willowbrook, West Rancho Dominguez. Very glad to see uh, here members of the public calling and who are participating proactively. Um, uh, and again, I appreciate you for the work on these three plans um, and look forward to different experiences in these communities for pedestrians um, as well as um, drivers alike. Thank you very much, Madam Chair. I look forward to supporting today's effort. Very good. At this time, it would be appropriate to close the public hearing and vote on this item. Item three is before us, moved by Supervisor Solis, seconded by Supervisor Mitchell uh, to approve this item. Um, thank you again for that beautiful display of um, how our uh, furry friends in our communities can also have a voice in our public process. That was very beautiful this morning. Uh, Executive Officer, please call the roll. Item three is before you, Supervisor Solis. Aye. Supervisor Solis, aye. Supervisor Mitchell. Aye. Supervisor Mitchell, aye. Supervisor Hahn. Aye. Supervisor Hahn, aye. Supervisor Barger. Aye. Supervisor Barger, aye. Supervisor Horvath. Aye. Supervisor Horvath, aye. Motion carries five to zero. Thank you very much. We will now move on to item five. For members of the public on the telephone, please press one then zero now to comment on this item. Executive officer, please read in the short title. Item five is a hearing on ordinance for adoption amending county code title 32 fire, fire code appendix QQ fire code fee schedule to adjust the film and production permit fees. No departmental statement was submitted and no correspondence was received. Thank you very much. I know uh, Chief Maroney is under the weather, but he is well represented uh, by um, uh, Teresa Barrera, Chief Deputy Richard Stillwagon, Acting Assistant Fire Chief, and Al Yanagisawa, uh, Deputy Fire Chief, Fire Department, who are all available for questions today. I see Supervisor Barger in the queue. Thank you, um, and thank you for um, working on this. I'm just curious, because I know that we want to coordinate with Film LA and with um, uh, the film industry and the DCEO, uh, Gary Smith. H has that gone on? Have you consulted with them to kind of flesh this out? OK, sorry. <laughs> yes, we did. So um, uh, the department worked with the Department of Economic Opportunity and with Film LA. Um, in order to review the fees that we had. And um, through that review, we came up um, with a uh, consensus to use the cost of living adjustment, quantified at 21.77%. Uh, we looked at the change from 2011-12 to 2023-24, um, and we determined that that would be the best way or the best methodology to use. And then do you coordinate with like the city of LA and the other 87 cities 
because I know that's been a concern of the film industry is that there's, it's very um, disjointed and, um, and we're trying to make it as film friendly as possible. So yeah, there, there's a lot of cities and at a lot of, m many of them have their own film permitting process and application of fees. Uh, during this process, we analyzed the different cities that were available online. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased to tell you that our, our, even though our rates are a little bit higher now, they're still lower than the majority of cities and the fees that they apply. We, we firmly believe that when we apply fees, they should be cost neutral. We shouldn't be making a profit on, on the fees, nor should be we losing any money. They should be cost neutral. So we did a, a very in-depth analysis, a, a, a cost of labor and time analysis to determine the appropriate fees. Um, and then with the film fees update and lowering them, we, we factored in the, uh, the, the importance of keeping our film industry in LA, LA County. Uh, in the long run, that the film industry producing in Los Angeles County means that in, it benefits the economic development of the entire county. Good, because I know that it's expected to generate, um, it says 286,000 annually as cost recovery. Is that correct? That seems low. So, so currently we're recovering about a million dollars annually. Yeah. So with this change, it'll be an additional 286. Okay, so it's an additional two, okay. Great, thank you. Thank you. Supervisor Mitchell. Thank you very much. I'll be supporting today. I just wanted to take the, the, the time to thank you uh, and the men and women of County Fire um, for their work this morning at the Marina Yacht Club. I know that there were two firefighters that sustained injuries, um, but really thank them um, for showing up and doing all they could to try to protect that critical Marina Del Rey second district asset. So please extend my heartfelt appreciation. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Supervisor Hahn. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, yeah, thank you. I want to thank uh, uh, our Fire Chief uh, Maroney, who's not with us today, but thank you. Uh, he's well represented uh, here today. But thank you so much for um, really working with our film industry. Uh, I know when we first proposed a fee hike, I think it was about 60% higher than currently, which I was under the impression that that was cost neutral. Uh, that you weren't trying to make a profit. So um, I, can you actually say that now that you went back to the table and found a number that everybody agreed on that it's cost neutral or you're just saying we're eating a little bit for the good of, uh, of the economic um, uh, vitality that the film industry brings to LA County? So when we had originally come to the board with the, um, the increases in January, those were cost neutral. Right. So this one is um, designed to ensure that we can keep the filming within so LA County. Right. So. I mean, I think everybody needs to hear that, right? Because I know this board um, supported uh, the fire department in raising fees, uh, and uh, but the film industry is clearly very important to LA County. It's really... I think when um, Supervisor Barger, you sort of did the resiliency recovery um, task force after the pandemic, uh, we were all very, very concerned about uh, the film industry. We know what happened when uh, they were on strike uh, all this time. It really was a big hit. 
uh, to our economy, but the fire department is also extremely important to us and to the residents of LA County. We have to make sure that um, you know our department is funded so that they can keep all the rest of our uh, communities safe. Um, and you know it's it's you know it's true with the film sets as well, particularly if it's in unincorporated county or if it's in one of the cities that we contract with. If something ever went wrong, uh, God forbid, on a film set, it would be our a fire department that that responded but of course we hope to prevent that with the kinds of inspections that take place in order to issue uh, the film permit in the first place but I do know that um, there was a lot of pushback the first time around everybody went back to the table this is something I guess everybody agreed on um, and now it's only like 21.77 percent higher than it was last time uh, but I do think everybody needs to take note that the, the fire department was willing to absorb this. This is not uh, cost-neutral for them, uh, but uh, for the good of the industry and our economy, uh, we want to make sure uh, that the film, film industry does stay here. So appreciate that, uh, but we have to keep finding other ways uh, to make up the um, deficit that our fire department uh, carries every year. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, and I too want to thank the chief, the entire department, our representatives here today uh, for all of your efforts in conducting a thorough analysis of the costs related to film permits. I know we had this conversation earlier in the year, and as has been mentioned, uh, there were proposals to increase the fees 60% um, or more, and we heard very clearly that that uh, was an extreme challenge, especially given uh, the challenges of the strikes and uh, coming out of COVID, just all of the compounded issues that the industry has experienced in recent years. Um, LA is home to more than 20% of the jobs in uh, the entertainment industry for the entire country. So we know uh, that this is critical, not only for those who are uh, in production, um, but also for uh, those who are working in um, all kinds, uh, all levels of jobs in the industry. And we saw through the strikes uh, the importance of you know, having those conversations. Just this weekend, uh, the MPTF had a telethon on KTLA. Um, there are so many efforts that are still helping workers in this industry recover. And so today's um, gesture, uh, working with Film LA from our departments to get to um, an increase, but one that is more modest, one that is uh, something that our, our entertainment partners are able to uh, absorb a little bit more and you know ease back into where we want to get them, uh, I think is incredibly important. I think it strikes a good balance between um, clearly we need to increase our fees, but also uh, remaining supportive of the film industry and hearing their concerns where they're at today. We'll continue to look for ways to support the department and as Supervisor Han said, certainly appreciate uh, how the department is helping this broader industry uh, stay supported in Los Angeles. And uh, we wanna make sure your department is supported too. Um, and I know we also had a, a few motions earlier this year uh, that uh, invested in uh, the entertainment industry overall. This board is unanimously committed to making sure we support uh, our workers in the entertainment industry and um, that we're exploring all possible incentives, not only this uh, film permitting issue, but also um, other policies, including tax reductions. Um, so we are on record. Uh, I know we are united in LA County trying to make sure our entertainment industry is 
is able to continue to thrive here. And uh, so thank you for today's gesture and your work um, in partnership with our entertainment industry leaders um, to incentivize local production um, because it brings good jobs. And um, this, is, uh, this is LA, this is Hollywood, this is where we want the jobs to be. Um, so with that, executive officer, please call the members of the public who have signed up to speak on this item. Will the following individuals please come forward? Arnold Sachs and Genevieve Clavero. For participants on the telephone, if you have, as a final reminder for participants on the telephone, if you would like to address item five, if you have not already done so, please press one then zero now to be placed in the speaking queue. Moderator, may we have the first remote speaker, please. Our first participant is Eric Previn. You may begin. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm a big um, supporter of the Hollywood business. I, I make my living in that field. Um, and I wanted to just echo how important it is to keep uh, the place friendly to filmmaking. Just the other day uh, at the, the SAG-AFTRA executive, the co-chair of the government affairs for SAG-AFTRA, was down at City Hall talking about what a terrible, egregious mistake it was for Paul Krikorian and the crooked city council to approve a sign district that's going to have blinky advertising. Here's the horrible part. Near iconic, like, this item is on film permit fees with the fire department. Film. If we could yeah, focus right. our comments there, that would be helpful. Thank you. Well, you, you, you weren't talking about that. You were talking about the wonderful Hollywood is, was, uh, it, Supervisor Horvath, to be fair, just keep quiet until my time is up is the appropriate way to go. I'm talking about the Hollywood. There is, this is one of the issues. The president of the major union that you and I both... Time has expired. ...talking about how we have to preserve. Yeah, thank you. Be nicer. Next speaker, please. Our next participant is Teresa Jay. You may begin. I have a question. Am I able to public comment at this time? Or you only take public comment at the end? At the end of the meeting is when public comment happens. Right now we're hearing comment on the okay. uh, fire department's back on hold, please. Thank you. Well, actually, I want to talk. Hello? Can I say, excuse me, hello? Yes, would you like to hello? speak on the film permitting issue? That is the item we well, are I'm on. I'm just hearing the um, fire department, but there's fire hazards on the metro. But put me back in queue, please. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Madam Chair, there are no other remote speakers in the queue to address the board. We'll go to in-person. Go right ahead, Mr. Sachs. Oh, whoopee-doo. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank you for your laser-like focus on this item and the dashboard effect that you have and the time and attention you spend on this item. It's almost like a banana split. You know, it's almost like the eye on the prize. Learn it in orchard. I'd like to ask the fire department if they have uh, mechanics to help to, uh, repair the, the equipment after they're done with their 20-hour days. Have you uh, funded the repair companies, the small repair companies that used to work for the county to help the fire department repair their equipment after their 20-hour days? so they don't have to come back after their runs and, and the overdoses that are occurring daily. There is so many overdose deaths that are occurring in county of LA and in the city from fentanyl, the devil's drug. We are speaking you don't about care. film permits I know what you're the talking about, ma'am. Why don't you pay attention? Listen a little bit. Give us a little Time bit. Time has expired. Next speaker, please. 
again, Board of Supervisors. It's too bad that the behavior does not change, you know. And uh, I'm getting very tired of what's going on and how the public treats the supervisor. That needs to change. You know, you are in charge, you should control everything. Anyway, I am in favor of that issue. And uh, it's time to adjust some of the pain. Thank you. Thank you. That was our last speaker, so it would be appropriate to close the public hearing and vote on this item. Item five is before us, moved by Supervisor Barger. I will second to approve this item. Executive officer, please call the roll. Item five is before you, Supervisor Solis. Aye. Supervisor Solis, aye. Supervisor Mitchell. Aye. Supervisor Mitchell, aye. Supervisor Hahn. Aye. Supervisor aye. Hahn, aye. Supervisor Barger. Aye. Supervisor Barger, aye. Supervisor Horvath. Aye. Supervisor Horvath, aye. Motion carries five to zero. Now we'll return to item one. Executive officer, please report on the ballot tabulation results. Madam Chair and members of the board, after tabulating the ballots, a determination has been made that no majority protest exists, exists against the proposed annexation and levying of annual assessment of petition number 5-323, known as tract number 65943, within the unincorporated area of Ramona to County Lighting Maintenance District 1687 and County Lighting District Landscaping and Lighting Act-1, unincorporated zone. As a result, it would be appropriate for the board to adopt the resolution ordering annexation and levying of the assessments and the joint resolution approving and accepting the negotiated exchange of property tax revenue resulting from the annexation of subdivision territory to County Lighting Maintenance District 1687 for fiscal year 2025-2026. Item one is before us, moved by Supervisor Solis, seconded by Supervisor Barger to approve the item. Executive officer, please call the roll. Item one is before you, Supervisor Solis. Aye. Supervisor Solis, aye. Supervisor Mitchell. Aye. Supervisor Mitchell, aye. Supervisor Hahn. Aye. Supervisor Hahn, aye. Supervisor Barger. Aye. Supervisor Barger, aye. Supervisor Horvath. Aye. Supervisor Horvath, aye. Motion carries five to zero. We'll now hear from members of the public wishing to uh, wishing to address the board on closed session item and public comment uh, for members of the public on the telephone please press one then zero now to comment on these items executive officer please call the members of the public who have signed up to speak as a final reminder for participants participating on the telephone if you would like to address public comment if you have not already done so please press one then zero now to be placed in the speaking queue Will the following individuals please come forward? Genevieve Claverell, Senita Farley, Christine Vasquez, Carlos Benavides, Reina Macias, Arnold Sachs, Thomas Games, Belinda Martinez, Eddie Torres, Sandy Para, Tomas Gamez, Raymond Salatera, Sandy Para, Tony DeMarco, Joaquin Beltran. Moderating, we have the first remote speaker, please. 
Our first participant is Paul Hennessy. You may begin. Hi, I'm calling on the board to uh, reinstate the mask mandate in healthcare. Uh, COVID, RSV, and flu cases, hospitalizations, and death are on the rise, as we've been saying would happen for months now. And so many of these cases actually started in the hospitals and schools. You could have helped prevent some of those with a mask requirement in healthcare. Cases are snowballing and hospitals are facing unnecessary infections because of lack of safety protocols like clean air and respirator requirements. How is it our film industry takes more precautions in healthcare? Earlier, one of you said we are coming out of COVID. How is 18,000 deaths in three months coming out of COVID? How is no cure for long COVID coming out of COVID? When we come back next week, there will be even more cases. And after Christmas, even more. You can do something to stop the spread of all the airborne illnesses by requiring masks in healthcare. Please protect patients before it's too late. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Our next participant is Babe Kirkpatrick. You may begin. Honorable board, I was born at the base of these mountains that my family live in today. My comment is in response to agenda item 24 of December 5th meeting, which was passed on consent. Though the board's declaration of the proposed parcels as surplus is not a project under the California Environmental Quality Act, it is reasonably foreseeable that the sale of the uh, that the sale without the proper information as to the sensitive nature and continued use of land located in the said parcels would result in irreparable damages and permanent harm being done to the native habitat and adjacent we the people who dwell, hold ceremony, and otherwise treat as sacred this land which is our mother. In 2014, at the final public hearing held for the passage of the Santa Monica Mountains Local Coastal Plan, I presented testimony and photographic evidence of my sacred continued use of this adjacent land. Your land acknowledgement does not include the fact that relocation occurred, as did with my ancestors. Yaakov. Thank you. Your time has expired. Moderator, next speaker, please. Our next participant is Eric Previn. You may begin. Yes, it's Eric Prevence, and I'm always respectful, and I want to just make it clear that what I was trying to say about the Hollywood is that, you know, there are transit-oriented communities, affordable housing incentive programs, and we want, you know, to stimulate these, but the city was coming up with this idea to have signs, and they were not considering potential accidents and the financial and environmental consequences. And one speaker questioned the justification of placing signs over parks and historical resources because she said it would there was a lack of review for housing priorities, which is what we need. And another speaker was talking about how, why are we doing all this mixed use? We need housing. We have plenty of empty bad malls. What we need is that. Anyway, and then they couldn't get Krikorian to come out because he was hidden in the back. He didn't want to face the people who had come down, waited for hours. As he's changed the rules like Supervisor Horvath does. It is not okay to change the rules, in my opinion, uh, without a hearing about it. I find that really second Thank you. Your time and has we're expired. Have to get that Moderator, next speaker, please. I'll call the county council. Next speaker. Yes, our next participant is Heather Detweiler. You may begin. Hi, SARS-2, the virus that causes COVID, is still killing and disabling people. Numbers are almost as high as they were when Omicron started and positivity rates and hospitalizations are continuing to go up. Hospital systems are strained and healthcare workers are disappearing. Masks should be required, not just recommended in healthcare settings at all times, 
not just during respiratory virus season, because SARS-2 is around all year long, not just for the unvaccinated, because vaccination doesn't prevent you from getting it or spreading it, and it doesn't prevent long COVID, which we have no treatments for. And masks should not be required only in some areas of the building, but not others, because SARS-2 is airborne and spreads like smoke. It can travel through vents, under doors, and lingers in the air for hours. Good masks are effective in protecting against airborne transmission. Keeping masks in healthcare will not only protect against COVID, but also with other airborne pathogens like flu, RSV, TB, and pneumonia. Why wait until hospitals are full and more people are dead? Why not just require good masks all the time? Why isn't LA Public Health doing the right thing when Long Beach and Pasadena are? Why wouldn't you want to protect the people Thank of you. LA? Thank you. Your time has expired. Moderator, next speaker, please. Our next participant is Elizabeth Stevens. You may begin. Hi, um, I'm calling on you to restore universal mask requirements in healthcare settings. Um, you know, this is this is a time where we have cases that are going up. It is really difficult to safely seek health care right now. And I don't understand why LA is so far behind a bunch of counties in Northern California. Marin County recently reinstated a universal mask requirement in healthcare settings. So did Santa Clara County. Alameda County uh, brought back masking for healthcare workers. And San Francisco County has a mask requirement for healthcare workers. Yet in LA, there's absolutely nothing. Why is this it really does seem like you're trying to um, kill off uh, vulnerable people. don't see any other explanation for it. It is so cruel and unconscionable to force people in the position of getting a lethal, possibly, infection when they have to seek necessary care. We can avoid going to the movies. We can avoid going to Thank stores, but we have to get health care. Next speaker, please. Our next participant is Minchi Murakami. You may begin. Yeah. Hi, my name is Minchi Murakami, and I'm calling in to ask LA County to reinstate mask requirement in healthcare. Well, uh, my family has taken all precautions to keep us safe during the ongoing pandemic. Uh, when LA County dropped mask requirement in schools, we withdrew our son and we're doing online schooling. We can choose to do that. We can choose not to shop in stores and do online shopping and do all kinds of uh, mitigation to keep us safe. But we cannot choose not to go see our doctors. We need our medical care. And uh, LA County not making a hospital safe for us to go is, is not okay. And uh, we're just simply asking you to make hospitals safe so we can get medical care. Uh, that's all I'm asking. And thank you very much. And happy holidays. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Our next participant is Yehuda Potash. You may begin. Good morning. My name is Yehuda, and I'm a fourth year student at the University of Southern California and a renter in Los Angeles. I'm here to urge the board to agendize and pass the county's proposed short-term rental registration ordinance because it'll work to preserve housing for long-term tenants and homeowners. There are over 2,800 unhosted short-term rentals throughout out of Corporate Alley County, taking up crucial housing stock and making it harder for long-term tenants and families to stay in communities they love. According to Professor David Wastrus from McGill University, it's estimated that short-term rentals have raised rents for an average renter by $810 per year in the city of LA. The same trend across unincorporated Alley County is likely occurring. As a student, initial $810 per year is untenable. 
SDRs have contributed to 5,000 extra individuals experiencing homelessness each night in the city of LA. Sadly, there are some students who are forced to live in their cars because the cost of housing is beyond their reach. As the county continues to see the realities of rising rents and threats of displacement, I strongly encourage the board to agendize and pass the pro short-term rentals registration ordinance to ensure the primary use of homes remains long-term housing and not tourist-serving accommodations. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. We're going in person. Madam Chair, there are no other remote speakers in the queue to address the board. Yes, thank you. We're going in person now. Go right ahead. Yes, good afternoon, Board of Supervisors. <coughs> I am uh, glad to see that you are covering important subject, and I hope you continue. And uh, I wish we did more for uh, people who are homeless, and I hope that we put more emphasis on what's going on with LASA because they are still not doing what they are supposed to do. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Sonetta Farley. I'm a resident of 51 years in East Rancho Dominguez. I'm here, uh, first of all, to support uh, item three. Uh, I did sign up, but I don't know what happened. Secondly, uh, I'm here because we need the program in our community. And third, because we have a lot of concerns in our community. Uh, just to name a few, um, the vendors have taken over our community, absolutely taken over our major street. Residents are not able to, to walk on the sidewalk, they uh, have to walk in the street. That's not good for our members of our community who are seniors, such as myself, and others who are in wheelchairs. Thank you very much. And so. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Good morning. Board Supervisor. My name is Erica Armenta. I'm a resident and restaurant business owner in East Los Angeles. I'm here to speak today in the potential street bending ordinance guidelines. We hosted a meeting at my restaurant with assembly member Wendy Carrillo. A gentleman on the wheelchair asked for the assembly members to help alleviate the prohibited pop-up restaurants, cooking in the street and blocking sidewalks as ADA regulations and his rights are being violated. I support his request. So did everyone in the meeting. Assembly Carrillo stated that simply the fact that Los Angeles County is not enforcing it. The guidelines are in the book. Even the state supports LA County in doing the right thing for disabled and senior citizens. I ask respectfully for more time to come back and address the draft Thank you. Thank you very much. Your time has expired. Next can, speaker, can please. Can I uh, respond? We postponed the ordinance today in order to give us time to January the 30th so that there will be more public hearings. And I think that's the majority of the board's uh, support to try to get more information out. And, and keep in mind that um, there is legislation that was passed by 
the Assembly and the Senate and signed by the governor that allows for certain vending. And we know that we're going through the process right now uh, with our Department of Economic Opportunity and Public Health and all our, our enforcement entities that are going to be looking at how we implement this. So we still have time, and I would strongly suggest that you speak to my staff and to the DEO uh, director, Kelly Lobianco. They're willing to have a meeting at your restaurant if that's what you are interested in so we can get more people to understand what the uh, role of the county is in, in terms of also enforcement and what we can and what we can't do legally uh, required by law. Okay, so I think there's a lot of information that still has yet to be disseminated and given out to the public. Okay, so we'll work with you. Thank you. Next speaker. Thank you. Uh, my name is Tony DeMarco. I'm with the Whittier Boulevard Merchant Association, representing over 200 businesses on the historic shopping district in Whittier Boulevard. On behalf of my association, I would like to express my concern for the potential ordinance, the vending ordinance, that was taken off to be passed in its current form. The impacted businesses of East LA have been left out of the process, okay? Um, so this past process, we appreciate you pushing it forward, but um, we only found out about these DEO vending listening meetings on November 27th, three days prior to the meeting. So there's a, been a disconnect. None of the businesses on East LA corridors have been contacted or aware of the ordinance is even being um, you know, um, pushed forward and would affect them, the vending impacts, the parking impacts. I have a lot of other things to say. I only got 14. Supervisor Solis, we have made several attempts to meet with you and um, our meetings have been canceled um, and not been rescheduled. We would love to meet with you, Supervisor Solis. Thank you. I would uh, ask that our director for DEO, Kelly Lobianco, who I know is uh, really overseeing all this, uh, maybe respond to some of the, the questions that have been raised. Thank you, Supervisor, um, and thank you for those comments. We appreciate um, your interest in giving feedback on the ordinance, both on the program for sidewalk vending and uh, the specific language in it, and we're happy to follow up with you. We're scheduling additional community engagement sessions. That's part of the reason why we extended um, the ordinance review to the end of January, and we're actively setting those up. We certainly want to schedule them and give adequate time to advertise. Next speaker, please. Good morning, Honorable Board. My name is Sandra Parra. I live in East LA City Terrace. I'm here to bring awareness of our, the issues the constituents in East LA deal with. We're constantly left out of meetings from the first district. I, I have a lot of respect for you. So, so this is very hard. Um, I deal with Antonio Chapa, with your staff. We're constantly um, not being invited to attend groups. I try to join the Metro Plan group. I try to join the pedestrian group. I try to join the Cannabis Plan Equity. So I'm usually running around listening to the hearings. If we are notified, we're notified the day of or the night trying to get people. So it's, I feel like we are being discriminated. I am over 40. A lot of the people that are here are over 40. So if you look at the category under the federal state discrimination, it is happening in the first district. So we're just asking for equal treatment and to bring us at the table mm -hmm. so we could have a say in these plans that are being disseminated from, um, from the county. Thank you. <clears throat> Next speaker, please. <clears throat> My name is Eddie Torres, a longtime East LA resident. Also, with the East Los Angeles Coalition, Supervisor Solis, there's a lack of enforcement, lack of ADA compliance, and a lack of AQMD compliance. Supervisor Solis, we are publicly requesting a meeting with you 
not your staff, with you. Please, there is very little communication with your office. We asked for 60 days extension on this street vending ordinance. We, the impacted businesses, disadvantaged individuals uh, that are disabled, senior citizens, voice are not being heard. We want to work with you and especially in the outreach. Uh, Barbara Ferrer, you have failed at doing any kind of, uh, of the public, of the, all of the prohibited pop-up restaurants, the, the compliances are happening, the outreach is happening, you have failed to protect the health and safety of the community, and there's no excuse for it. And this new DEO will not succeed because street vendors are known to uh, threaten anybody and everybody and start fights. So there's no respect from the street vending side. Thank but you. But he's business. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Uh, yes, uh, my name is uh, Thomas Gomez. I'm an East LA business owner. I am opposed to the street vending draft. And, uh, but yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Yes, thank you. Good morning again, Arnold Sachs. So I'm going to read this little letter that I got, this paper I got from the County of Los Angeles Department of Auditor Controller. It mentions L period, A period care plan that was developed under the Obama administration as part of their Affordable Care Act plan. It mentions that it's a local, it's the nation's largest publicly operated health care plan for low income people. It mentions there's 2.8 people signed up uh, to the company that's located at 700 East 7th Street, right down the street at 7th Street. Why are there so few people signed up? LA County has over half of almost 20 million people that are low-income residents that are living on the, uh, in, in low-income hotels in their vehicles. They should all be registered to LA Care so they can get affordable health care. Weren't you part of the Obama administration, Ms. Solis? Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good morning, Board of Supervisors. My name is Carmen Baltazar, and I am here representing the Community Integration Training Program from Alma Family Services. I am aware that the pedestrian plan has been approved, so we are very happy to hear that. And the reason why I'm here is just to kind of provide my statement that I was initially trying to bring to the table. And so just a little bit about the CIT program. The CIT program, which stands for Community Integration Training Program, it is for adults with special needs that are 22 and over. They are regional, regional center consumers and we provide them with training, mobility training, for them to be able to walk around in the community and to be able to be safe in the community when they're walking the street or going on public transportation. And so the pedestrian plan really reflects a lot of the things that we need to see and improvements in the community. So I'm very, very happy to hear that it's been approved. I'm very happy to hopefully see it unfold in this lifetime. And so thank you so much for approving it. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi, everyone. My name is Joaquin Beltran. I was born in East Los Angeles. I'm a resident of Downey, and I'm with ActionCareEquity.org. Today, I'm urging the County Board of Supervisors and LA Public Health to bring back mask requirements in healthcare settings, regardless of vaccination status. Over 13,000 letters have been sent to your offices and LA Public Health, uh, thousands of phone calls. Long Beach and Pasadena have maintained their mask requirement, protecting the people in their municipalities. Um, nine counties in the Bay Area have brought back mask requirements, protecting the people in their counties. 
what is going on in LA County? What is going on in LA County? If you've seen young people having strokes, that's unusual. That's not right. The data shows that's COVID. The CDC mass triggers are way too late. Supervisor Han, I spoke with your health deputy. Thank you so much. Um, may you and I have a conversation because this is urgent. We need to protect our people. That's the ball. Thank you. Any other speakers? No other speakers, Madam Chair. Okay, that concludes our time for public comment and members of the public and colleagues. We will now be going into closed session. Executive officer, please read us into closed session. And if you would like a, additional assistance, sir, um, there are representatives at the constituent assistance team who are able to help you. In accordance with RANAC requirements, notice is hereby given that the Board of Supervisors will convene in closed session to discuss item CS1, conference with labor negotiator Fizia Davenport and designated staff as indicated on the posted agenda. This is your final warning.
Test one, two. Testing, testing. Do you mute it again? Test one, two, three, four, five. Test one, two, three, four.
Either one is fine. Thank you. Just waiting on one more so we have quorum and then we can proceed with the report of action. Great. Thank you. There she is. Executive officer, please read the report of action. The following is a report of action taken in closed session on December 12, 2023. Item number CS1, no reportable action was taken. That concludes today's meeting. The next regular meeting of the board will be held on Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. We are adjourned.